Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Show of the year, the Sporting Edge, and we are back with uh, Xander Horwitz and uh, Ethan Rosen swag, and we are uh, talking football. That's our job at this point. We are nearing Major League Baseball playoffs. I know Xander will be uh, gritting his teeth trying to get me to talk baseball, but we're in the heart of things. Week two coming up for the NFL, and week three headed it for NCAA football. We're gonna we give you our picks. We did our five picks again, like we always do. But I'm gonna I'm gonna make this more of a structured sh- uh, show. Jeez, I cannot say it's two S words to back to back. Anyways, we're gonna do it structurally. We're gonna talk about the games coming up this week. Second segment, we're gonna give you our NCAA picks and probably hop into the NFL after that point. Um, but let's talk about the top 25. We got the AP new polls. Alabama did not move. Not a lot of movement in the top 10. We've got two teams making moves. Um, Oklahoma skipped up to five as Wisconsin fell down to six for the second straight week in a row. Wisconsin has been bumped down one spot. They were trailing New Mexico early on. They did win 45 to 14. Xander, you're one of your losses. I mean, you look at your record. You're now three and seven as I'm four and six in college football. You lost the Alabama game where they beat Arkansas State 57 to seven. They have Ole Miss this week. We're excited to talk about that. How do you feel about losing and the losing stretch you're on before we continue on with the top tw- or top 10? I don't feel very good about it, Roz, and here's why. Having a tough um, go. Having a tough go college football. I've kind of been, after my after starting 2-0, and I've won my last seven. Not good. Was way off on the Arkansas State game. I thought they could at least hang tight a little bit, but you know, after the first quarter, it, just, it was a race to the finish, and they just couldn't hang enough on the board. Lost by 50. Um, not happy about it, but Alabama just unbelievable. Tua and Jalen Hurts both played great games. Um, but I think this is an they're, exciting they're game. for sure. If there is one team in college football that I feel like always gives Alabama a little bit of trouble, it's Ole Miss. And I'm excited because I definitely have my one of my picks on that game as well. But before we get into Alabama, Ole Miss, we want, this is a game, Xander, I was really kind of heartbroken not to be in Chicago for. This is a game where me and you are sitting on the couch down in 1703 Cranshire Court, the Clemson-Texas A&M game from last week, where Texas A&M absolutely got screwed. They A touchback call, they, I know they did regain the opportunity to score. They didn't get the two-point conversion on what ultimately was one of the worst play calls I've ever seen. But Texas A&M taking Clemson to the brink. It was at home in College Station. The game was 
absolutely insane. I know you bet on Clemson so that it wasn't going your way, but Texas A&M put together what was already one of the best college football games of the season. They had a touchback followed by a four or a three and out that they forced on Clemson to go and score with the opportunity with a two-point conversion to tie the game at the end. Unfortunately, we're unable to do so. That's one of those games where I'm like, hey, Texas A&M, you lost. I still think you should move up in the rankings. I think you played number two the best you could and really did have an opportunity there to knock off the Tigers and potentially end their playoff chances this season. <clears throat> yeah, that was that was a great game. Um, I didn't get to watch. I did see the call. Um pretty bad call in my opinion but you know they came back down they scored and pretty pretty brutal on that two-point conversion but man what an exciting game and I think College Station no matter how good or bad Texas A&M is that is a fun place to watch that place gets rocking I actually know a couple people who went to Texas A&M and oh man those, those they have a new are, leader I think that is what's going to keep it rocking I think Jimbo Fisher solidified himself as a real threat at the coaching level yeah, I mean, you look at um, Texas A&M down 15 points going into the fourth, and they put up 13. Um, it was an unbelievable game, but at the same time, i got to give my props to Dabo and the Clemson Tigers. I mean, there's one thing you can say about them over the past three years. They find ways to win. Um, right. They do it all the time. Kelly Bryant, not, you know, 12-17 for 205. Um, also had 50 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um and the Tigers just stepped up, made one big play that they had to make, and and that that's really how the game went. I mean, it came down to the to the wire. Um, Clemson, I think I think this is a great football team. I think the Aggies played a little bit better than they actually are. Um, Mond, quarterback for Texas A and M, put up 430 yards against this defense. Um, pretty striking. But you look at the rushing attack, had about 70 yards on the ground. So that that gives you an idea of how ferocious this Clemson defense is. But I agree with you. Props to Texas A&M. Um, I think it was, it was definitely like definitely a prop moment, and uh, I believe Texas A&M is going to continue to grow and become better. But Xander, I got I got to move us on to the Georgia game that crushed me and you both because we both took South Carolina, and I was completely wrong about my judgments of Georgia and their team this season. But they took us bent us over the barrel, and started paddling, paddling us like we were freshmen in the fraternity again. Georgia spanked South Carolina and the Wits and Roz pick of the week. Yeah, this game was a major hmm. <laughs> it was a hmm, like a double hmm. Did South Carolina get off the bus? Hmm. Did not look I like I don't it. believe so. Um, you know, down 41 to 10 early in the third quarter. Never got anything going. Um, I thought when they scored that first touchdown, because that game looked like it was about to get out of hand real quick. When it was fourteen nothing, came back and scored, but brutal game by South Carolina. You know they had a big chance here, and, and apparently Georgia is a much better team than than I thought. Um, I thought losing, you know, a guy like Rokon Smith, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle would really play key, be a key factor in this season. Even though they were ranked in the top five to begin with, but it seemed like they just plugged a bunch of five star recruits into those positions and dismantled South Carolina. Very disappointing. South Carolina, I thought, had, a, had an outside chance to maybe make a run in the SEC, excuse me. But Georgia was just too big, too fast, too strong. Um, this is this is a brutal game. Right. A brutal game. But we, 
brutal game. We were another pick we had wrong. Obviously, we were struggling with our picks. Hopefully, when we do deliver them this week, we provide better options for you guys. We moved down the list a little bit more. We got number four, Ohio State, just putting it on Rutgers. Not much to talk about there. They will be the topic of our next segment. Oklahoma against UCLA. It was interesting. It looked like this game could be interesting and close. Wasn't so. Oklahoma pulled away at the end, but loses Anderson, their starting running back, Rodney Anderson, will be out for the year with a torn ACL. Obviously, they have a lot more options in Oklahoma, and I think they'll be okay moving forward. But this was an NFL draft prospect. They took it to my UCLA Bears, Bruins. I don't know why I said Bears, but the Bruins. And uh, we're going to have to move on with Oklahoma to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, we explained already, New Mexico, they fell to six. And this is why I wanted to bring up Wisconsin one more time. So, Xander, you're a big baseball fan. Am I correct? Mm Mm-hmm. And we know when it comes to Hall of Fame voting that there are those old geesters or old schmeesters who are not willing to give somebody 100% of the votes to get into the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Awesome. Wisconsin, sitting at six in the AP poll, has received one vote to be the number one ranked team in the country. 54 of them go to Alabama. Six of them go to Clemson. Who the hell is in that voting room and is putting Wisconsin the number one ranked team in the country? Is it Barry Alvarez? <laughs> I have no clue. I, I'm just looking at this one in complete astonishment. I like have no idea what to make of it. They are well behind Oklahoma, Georgia, and Ohio State who have zero first place votes. So my mind's blown. I think Wisconsin's the worst team in the top ten. We said it we, we actually bring it to you all the time. We told you Miami was gonna suck. And they have. They have no offense. And Wisconsin is in the same exact boat. They played BYU this week, another game they're supposed to blow out. But watch out for BYU. We got Auburn, who took care of Alabama State, 63-9. to Not much to say there. Notre Dame, close game with Ball State, 24-16. Winbush really not looking like the starting quarterback you want to have when you're a a top-ranked team. That is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge. Everybody stay tuned for more college and football. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are just wrapping up the top 10. We were letting you know we don't believe a whole lot in Notre Dame after a horrible performance against Ball State. Stanford holding USC to three points. They hop in to the top 10 a little bit more. They are now number nine, replacing Washington, who fell one spot after, for some reason, oh, they beat North Dakota 45 to three. I forgot Washington lost their first week, but they dropped one more spot as Stanford beat a ranked opponent. So Stanford's now nine. Washington's now 10. But Xander... Let's get into it. Let's get these fans some money. You start us off. You know how to do it. You give your first pick. You give your take. And then we go on from there, going back and forth with our picks, 10 picks that will hopefully win you some money. Yes, so we are going right back to the well with a team that disappointed us to epic proportions last week, the USC Trojans. This game against Texas features two of the most disappointing teams in college football over the past half decade maybe even full decade. Um, Yet played in one of the greatest games of all time. They did, and that is a far cry from what these two teams have done as of late. USC got absolutely manhandled by Stanford last week, and it was disgusting. Putting up three points in a game, I think, was their lowest total in 100 years. Um, I saw the stat. I don't care if I got it right or not, but it was an atrocious game. Texas pulled away a win. Um but I'm going right back to USC this week. I don't think there's any way in hell that they play as bad as they did last week. This is going to be a great game, I think. It features two teams that um, I don't think are very good. you got USC, I think, is a little bit better. But I think this is um, still a pretty decent matchup in college football. Two big names. Um, 
I think USC is going to come out with a fire under their belly. Uh, getting embarrassed by by your rival Stanford is just not not good, not good for anybody. Um, but I do like USC plus the three and a half this week. I think Texas. Um, I thought they were going to have a great year. I, I think they're overrated, um, and USC was too. But I think they're a better football team. I think they win this game by ten in a relatively unexciting game. Love the USC plus three and a half here. Another, uh, I told you I'd swear off of Rip USC it. if they were unable to come through in the clutch. USC plus three and a half against Texas. We just we've seen it. Texas can't compete against the top teams. I know they got a win last week, but USC will come in there and take down Texas. Unlike they were, unlike the USC team that lost to Texas in the national championship. We're doing it like a snake draft style. We'll keep it up low on the totem pole. I took Ole Miss plus twenty one against Alabama. Somebody's gonna have to slow down Alabama at some point, and Ole. Miss might just be up to the task. I don't claim they're going to win this game, but I can tell you it might be closer. SEC defenses pile driving against one another. I'm going to go Ole Miss plus 21. All right, I'll get us up next with a very key matchup in the SEC. LSU travels to Auburn to take on the Tigers. Tigers are a ten and a half point favorite in this game. It features two two and O teams in the SEC, um, and I think this game essentially serves as an elimination game in the SEC West division race. I think Auburn is just a better version of LSU, and I think playing at home, I think they're going to get on them early, and I think they're going to get on them often. Um, and I really love Jarrett Stidham. I think he's going to be a dark horse candidate for the Heisman this year. Um, and you look at both teams entering 2-0, and posting very noteworthy wins over ranked opponents. Auburn, 21-16 over number 10 Washington. And LSU beat down Miami 33-17 in week one. Um, and just absolutely demolished their FCS opponents last week. I just think Auburn is a better team. I think their defense is going to swallow up LSU, um, and I think the fact that they're at home, I think this is going to be a tough game um, for Coach Orgeron and the Tigers, and I think Auburn takes this game by 20 points. I don't believe in the Pac-12. I don't believe in UCF. And the last couple of opponents that Auburn has faced has been a UCF team that took him to the brink and a Washington team while ranked took him to the brink. Auburn has dominated for a good portion of the last decade. They've had amazing games. That field goal they returned against Alabama. I feel the spookiness of something occurring with this LSU team that is back maybe into the limelight is a team that is going to strike. I took LSU to counter Xander here at plus 10.5. LSU is going to win this game on a bizarre pick six, fumble recovery for a touchdown, or some special team score. LSU takes the W, says goodnight to Auburn. And Gus must must champ, right? No, Will must champ. No, I'm not going to. There you go. Whatever your name is, you're losing. Anyways, since Wits kind of hopped out of order here, I'm going to have you pick your third team, the the Pac-12 team that I disagree with most of the time, but give us that pick real quick. Pac-12 team. Uh, You took Washington minus five. You were really uh, good at remembering your picks, by the way. Well, I had had my... Washington pick, uh, excuse me, my, what, what game are you looking at? My TCU pick, I was really excited to talk about. Talk but all you got to do is just give us your Washington pick, explain why you like them, and then me and you will battle on this TCU pick. Yeah, I do like Washington. Um, I think they played a great game week one against Auburn. I think this is a very good team. Um, routed their game 45-3 last week. Um, this Utah team is a pretty spooky team, but I don't think they're any match for Jake Browning and the Huskies. A minus five on the road. I like Washington to win this game by two scores. Um, I think it'll be close early, but I think he makes a couple big plays down the stretch. Um, and I'm taking Washington, 10th ranked team in the nation, minus five on the road. 
Love it. Now let's get into it. TCU in Jerry's world against Ohio State. And we're unfortunately riding the same wave, but I'm going with the Horn Frogs. Plus 13, not necessarily the team that will win this game, but there's no way we are seeing that Ohio State offense continue this absurd stretch of beatdowns on teams. Yeah, I think people are, I think, buying a little bit too high on Ohio State after the first two weeks. Um, you look at their schedule, it's been pretty cupcakey. Um, and Haskins, you know, is playing some great football, doing really well. CBS weekly CBS hanging out Um, but Ohio State has played two very weak teams to start their season and I think TCU I think this team under Gary Patterson has they've surprised some people over the past few years they won a lot of big games and I love the plus 13 here I think this is going to be a battle and I actually do think TCU wins this game straight up I think they put a kibosh on the Buckeyes for this season, and I think we're actually going to see this game, the importance of Urban Meyer not being on the sideline against a formidable opponent in the Horned Frogs. Very interesting take. I would like to see what happens ultimately with this Urban Meyer situation. We've got one pick left. Xander, how much time do we got in this segment? Oh, we have plenty of time. Perfect. Well, then we'll get more into college football here in a second. But our last pick, Oklahoma State versus Boise State, another ranked matchup, 17 versus 24. We're going to disagree on this one. I'm super excited to disagree with you. Oklahoma State, to me, is going to be a high-powered Big 12 team that Boise State's not ready to enter the building with. I'm taking Oklahoma State minus two. I think all of you should do the same. I disagree. Boise State rolled for a school record 818 total yards last game, climbed up to number 17 in the rankings. I think they're making a strong case to get out of the blocks to be a group of five member worth considering for the college football playoff. I think they're going to take it to Oklahoma State this week, and I think this should be probably the best game on the slate um, besides Auburn LSU this week. I think it's going to be an awesome game. I think Boise State wins this one you know, on, a, on a last drive, field goal, touchdown, whatever you want to call it. Um, I like the Broncos in this game. I think they're ready to get back in the limelight. Sounds good. So that is all of our picks for college football week three. Hopefully we turn it around. I know this is providing the opportunity for one of us to win as we have separate picks on the LSU-Auburn game, the OSU-Boise State game, and that's pretty much it. But hopefully one of us comes out a winner this week. I can see a good 5-0 and in my future, but that will have to be determined come Saturday. Let's, uh, let's actually just hop into the NFL. This is where me and you strive. We love the NFL. A lot of scary moments to go over from week one. I mean, I'm already out of our survivor pool. Drew Brees and the Saints got absolutely spanked. It's my first time exiting in week one. It was really a big disappointment. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick seems to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, That's my initial take on his week one performance. Aaron Rodgers hurt and brings back the Packers for the greatest comeback of all time. Down 20 going into the fourth quarter against a new hot team with Khalil Mack, the Chicago Bears, unable to hold on, and their tradition continues as they've lost their fifth straight to the Green Bay Packers. They've only won twice since 2009 against the Green Bay Packers. I'm very excited to see where this team moves forward. Hopefully Rodgers' injury is only a knee sprain, and he'll be able to compete this week against the Vikings. Any other big news and notes that you took away from Week 1 in the NFL, Wits? Yeah, I did. Um, the New York Jets... I know, as bad as the Lions play, that was a pretty impressive performance by Todd Bowles, Sam Darnold, and company. Um, Sam Darnold, 15-21, a couple touchdowns, uh, looked, looked pretty good for a rookie starting in his first game. Uh, Matt Stafford looked about the exact opposite, throwing four picks. 
Matt Patricia, this was not a good start. Not the start that the Detroit Lions envisioned, but you look at the track record, the history of the New England Patriots assistant coaches trying to move on and be head coaches in the NFL really hasn't worked out. A couple of them to be named. Um, Romeo Cannell, Josh McDaniels, uh, and I know there's about a list of six or seven, but we're going to get to that after the break, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Sporting Edge, everybody. And we were breaking down some NFL action from Sunday. A lot of excitement going on. Um, the Rams, I think they played a fantastic game after Marshawn Lynch oh. scored that first touchdown. Looked oh. like John Gruden could have been speaking some gospel in Oakland, but it was not I was enough. I hoping you didn't bring this game up. <laughs> it was not enough as Derek let's, Carr Let's had just a explain real quickly why it wasn't down enough. in the second half. And Roz is going to give you more on his fantasy heartbreak. Up 155 to 142. The Rams defense is the last man standing on a Monday night. <laughs> Derek Carr knows they're moving to Vegas, knows the pressures of a gambler, and knows that he can be probably paid off in order to win and lose games. We're looking at the true longest yard in real life here with the Oakland Raiders. Derek Carr placed the ball three times, respectively, into the hands of the L.A. Rams. Interception's okay, only two points, and I would have been scot-free with two minutes left. The third of those interceptions comes after five straight short passes. You don't think the defense is going to figure out and how to learn how to hedge one of these receivers. And Marcus Peters, the cockiest motherfucker in the game, goes all the way home for a nice little touchdown and takes me out with one minute left in the game. Rams, Raiders will forever be a game I will never watch again, forever hate Marcus Peters, forever hate Derek Carr. And John Gruden, I hope you understand your tenure and Oakland is going to be short as is he on you the hot have got. He's already on the hot seat. Not signing Khalil Mack. Biggest mistake he made. Ask anybody who watched that game. There was zero pressure on Jared Goff. Zero sacks. The Raiders needed Khalil Mack. They feel the emptiness of not having Khalil Mack. They were upset when he left. John Gruden, you messed this up for yourself, the Raiders, the Packers, because Khalil Mack's now on the Bears, and myself because my fantasy team was – absolutely had my first win stolen from me with a minute to go i'm over it after now screw the raiders let's get on to the next topic yeah and we have to bring up a game that ended in a tie the cleveland browns take the pittsburgh steelers to the brink 
After being down by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, the Browns' defense came up huge. Miles Garrett made an awesome play. Um, and this game, it was so close. The Cleveland Browns had like three chances at the end of the fourth and an overtime to win the game. They couldn't do it, but like they say, a tie is better than a loss, um, especially against your division rival Pittsburgh Steelers, who are the favorite, I think, to win this division in the NFC North. Um, that's a bad, it's a bad tie for the Steelers, in my opinion, a game that they should have definitely cemented very early in the fourth quarter. They couldn't get it done. Big They're ben. up 21-7 to start the fourth quarter. Yep, Big Ben looks like he could be in a little trouble for this week. Josh Dobbs is ready to go. Um, that's a bad tie for the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the best individual performances of the week goes to Tyree Kill on the Chiefs. Seven receptions, 169 yards, two touchdowns. Also returned a punt for a touchdown. That guy was absolutely crazy. You had the Titans and Dolphins playing the longest game in the history of the NFL. I don't remember. I didn't get the exact time, but a couple rain delays. I think the game ended around 6.30. It was a noon start. Um, the Cowboys offense was atrocious, did not score into the fourth quarter, and very ugly game. Patrick Mahomes played fantastic in his debut for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you had a rough, rough, rough start for Sam Bradford in the Arizona Cardinals, and that pretty much sums up all the highlights from week one. Did I catch them all, Roz? I believe so, so it's time to hop into week number dose, and we are going to start off with some picks because, Xander, yeah, yeah. Took a shot at the King, and the King is coming back at you. Now, that's not in terms of the picks we had last week. Our first week really did go in Xander's favor as he finished 3-2 and two picking NFL games. I finished 1-4. and four. It's not a place I'm used to. Is usually I'm well ahead of Xander when it comes to the NFL. But our first pick involves probably the best game of the week. It is a rivalry matchup with the best division in sports. The NFC North is going to pit the Minnesota Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers. And I'm very, very excited for Aaron Rodgers to come out. I know he's going through the no practice protocol. He's not really practicing. But that's, you know what? We're, we're not letting Minnesota get in our head. We don't want Minnesota to figure out what we're doing with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will play. He is upset that Anthony Barr got away with such a vicious, malicious hit on him last year, breaking his collarbone. Aaron Rodgers goes for six touchdowns and a win as they win and cover the spread minus one in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers will throw for one touchdown against the Vikings this week. Um, I think they're in for a rude awakening against the Minnesota Vikings team that I think is a lot better than the Chicago Bears. Um, Kirk Cousins looked pretty good in week one against Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. I think the defense is just too tough, and I know Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league, but I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on him, and we're going to see how well that knee is going to hold up this week in the face of a very ferocious Vikings defense that I think is ready to be Super Bowl bound. I think Kirk Cousins, as much as we ragged on him on this show, could be the, the difference to take the Vikings all the way to the Super Bowl. I think this is going to be a pretty good game, but I think the Vikings take it. I think they hold the Packers under 20 points. Um, I really like Minnesota and Kirk Cousins this week. Wow. As heartbreaking as that is to hear you say, we must move on. Green Bay will <laughs> pull that game off show and win on. the Super Bowl. What? I said the show must go on, baby. The show always must go on. So the next game I'm seeing and works out perfectly for me because I picked him. I took Texas, the Houston Texans, I mean, minus two and a half on the road against the Tennessee Titans, who just came off the longest game of all time. We've got the Texans, who looked a little weak. Deshaun Watson, 17-34, to 
four for 176 yards, only one touchdown. He found DeAndre Hopkins eight times for 78 yards, didn't get in the end zone, and you had your back Lamar Miller really kind of being the workhorse, almost 100 yards on the ground. It was a tough matchup against the Patriots, who I didn't think were going to give up that game. I obviously didn't even get the spread right, but Tom was Tom, and he won that game for him. Titans, looking bad. Lots of injuries they're already dealing with. I mean, Derrick Henry barely touched the ball. Deion Lewis is probably going to be that number one for them. Mariota couldn't finish the game. They lose Delaney Walker for the entire season. This Titans team looked bad in preseason. You had the hopes that they were there to compete, but honestly, regression is what I'm seeing in terms of Marcus Mariota. He's not getting any better. Him and Winston kind of making that a bust of a draft draft class going one two neither of them really have put their teams in excellent positions i think texas goes into nashville and absolutely blows up the titans this week i'm taking them minus two and a half loving the texans loving the return of a well-formed deshaun watson i think he's going to dominate this week yeah and marcus Mariota looks like he could be a little banged up with an elbow issue my next game i'm taking the washington redskins at home minus five and a half against the indianapolis colts I think we basically saw what the Colts are as a football team last week. They're just not very good. They could not take over that game against Cincinnati. I think Alex Smith, great addition for this Washington Redskins team. You know, I think he's, I think he's honestly a little better version of Kirk Cousins. Um, great guy who can sling the ball around, 250 yards and a couple touchdowns. Adrian Peterson had himself quite the week with 26 attempts on the ground for 96 yards. Um, also had two receptions for 70 yards. I think Washington is just a superior football team here. I think they take this game by two scores. I'll move on to my next game, which is going to be, I think, a fantastic game. Kansas City travels to Pittsburgh to take on the 0-0-1 Steelers. There's talks that Big Ben might not play this week. Josh Dobbs is ready to go, and regardless of whether he plays or not, I think Patrick Mahomes is for real. I think he's a talented quarterback, had 250 yards and four touchdowns last week. I love Andy Reid. I think Kansas City takes it to Pittsburgh this week. Um, I think they put up 40 points, and I think they're going to blow out the Steelers in their home field. I'm with you. I took the Chiefs plus four and a half. Ben Roethlisberger really not looking good. I mean, the amount of turnovers he had last week, it was reminiscent of that game against Jacksonville in which we lost our survivor pool last year. He just could not keep a hold of the ball. James Conner, really impressive, 135 yards and two touchdowns on 31 carries. This is going to be the most explosive game. I think if Ben Ben Roethlisberger plays, I think the points are we're going to fly off the board here, Steelers versus Chiefs. I love Tariq Hill here, and I love Mahomes being a gunslinger. I also went with the Chiefs here, though, as I don't think the Steelers have enough. Defensively, they just don't look that good anymore. And offensively, Ben Roethlisberger a little bit slow. So we'll have to figure that out. I do like the Chiefs plus four and a half. Yeah, in my next game, I am betting against the Buffalo Bills probably every week. Um, the Chargers didn't get it well, done. Well, it's Josh right. Allen time. It is Josh Allen time. Um, Nathan Peterman, once again, very disappointing in his second start in the league. I know it was rainy. I know it was against a tough defense, the Baltimore Ravens, but oof, that was a rough game to watch. Um, I think Phillip Rivers and the Chargers are just going to be too much all over the field for this Bills team. Uh, I know Bosa's out, um, not looking like he's coming back anytime soon, but I love the Rivers-Gordon-Allen combo. I think they're going to light up the scoreboard against Buffalo on Sunday. I think seven and a half points is going to be a distant memory, probably after the first quarter. Um, I think the Chargers put up 45 points this week. Um, I think Josh Allen is in for a rude awakening because this is not Wyoming anymore. This is the NFL, and I think it's going to be tough for him. 
But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We're going to be back after the break. Got a couple more games to break down. Got a couple more news items to go over. And obviously, we're going to give you a little snapshot of the Major League Baseball playoffs right now. We've got a few weeks left in the season. Um, real intense down the stretch here. Our Cubbies are fighting for their lives. Hopefully, they make it out. But we'll be back after the break. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are finishing our picks, and hopefully we're going to bring you some cash and some W's this week. Xander's got four of his five going. I'm going to even it up. I took Baltimore on Thursday. I know you guys are hearing this Saturday, and this is my second week in a row doing it. I took Baltimore with the pick. We're looking at a 28-23 to game. They just missed the two-point conversion, but the Ravens are charging back so i'm really hoping that there is uh there's an opportunity for me to win early in the week for you guys i know you won't be able to take it and i'll probably have to stop doing these thursday picks but baltimore you heard it here first i did take them they are down right now 28 25 and xander our last pick we are i'm finally teaming up with you on a team i don't have a whole lot of love for a team that is pretty atrocious by most standpoints but is not as atrocious as the opponent they are playing me and you are going the New York Giants plus three, and Dallas is awful. Dallas is bad. Injuries to the line. I'm glad I didn't go Zeke when I thought I was going to go Zeke in a certain league. The Dallas offense is in some serious trouble. I don't think Dak Prescott has progressed the way people were hoping. They don't have a single receiver that makes a difference on that team, and that was honestly the main focus in their game last week with the commentators badgering them about not having receiver play and des bryant had all the rights in the world to be tweeting and making fun of them there is no weapon other than ezekiel elliott who cannot do anything when a line is weak and there's nobody they're going to stack the box eight men nine men deep elliott's going to have a tough year the cowboys are going to have a tougher year jerry jones i'm still on your retirement bandwagon it's time to say goodbye to the joneses in dallas they can't win they don't have irvin aikman and smith then anymore (laughs) very good point the Dallas Cowboys I thought overall relative to what people thought they were going to be were the most disappointing team in week one Dak Prescott I mean that far cry from 13 and 3 his rookie year Um, I agree line is a little banged up things are a little different now and nobody showed up for the Dallas Cowboys I mean he had Zeke 15 attempts for 70 yards and a touchdown pretty much the one bright spot in that game but you look at the combination of receivers for Dallas, uh, Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams continue to be very mediocre, which is, you know, that's just basically who they are. But no more Des Bryant. I thought Michael Gallup had a chance to make do some big things for this Cowboys, <coughs> excuse me, Cowboys team, and he still might. But a very uninspiring performance by Dak Prescott week one, only 170 yards, and they put up eight points against the Carolina Panthers team, um, who didn't look that great either, but they found a way to win. But there's just, there's no way I can pick against my New York football giants on Sunday Night Football in Jerry's world. Um, I got to take them. Eli Manning, pretty rough week one, but you saw flashes of brilliance. And it was against the Jaguars, though, only losing right. by five. I do want to give some credit where credit's due. Right. Absolutely. It's a tough defense. I think Cowboys are much weaker on that side of the football. And he had some excitement, finally, out of New York's offense. Saquon Barkley breaking off a nice big 60-yard touchdown run. Um, we've also got Odell Beckham, who had a pretty damn good game. 11 catches at over 100 yards. I think Eli puts up three touchdowns, and I think 
Jerry Jones goes into more desperation as his Cowboys fall to 0-2, and they'll be looking for answers. And I think that might come with a snip, snip, snip of Jason Garrett. I'm with that call as well. There's three games I just wanted to glance over with you. We didn't pick them because there's three games that are very intriguing, one being the Seahawks versus the Bears. We've got the Patriots and the Jaguars, and we've got the Panthers versus the Falcons. I just want to glance over Panthers-Falcons, a division rivalry game. Panthers up 1-0, didn't look very good against a bad Dallas team. Falcons also didn't look very good against the best team in the league, arguably, right now. They could couldn't find a way to score the same problems they had last year not being able to give Julio Jones the ball in the end zone. I like the Panthers in this game. We're not taking them as a pick. I just think the Panthers are going to continue to wear down this Falcons team that offensively doesn't look very good. Matt Ryan really not performing to the level we'd expect. Um, I like the Panthers there. I don't know how you're feeling about that game. Any of those other two games I brought up that kind of intrigue you? I know the Pats-Jags game should be amazing. Yeah, I think Pats-Jags should be good. Um, I do like the Pats in that game. I think Jalen Ramsey has opened his mouth one too many times, and he's going to This get, week was brutal, calling out his own grandmother. And he's going to get Gronkowski'd on Sunday. I think Gronk has a huge game. And also, yeah, super interesting, the Bears getting two primetime games first two weeks of the season. And I think they're actually going to take home the W on Monday night against Seattle. I think Seattle is done being Reeling. the cream of the crop. They will have a very rough year. I'm saying 6-10 and 10 if they're lucky. I think the Bears are going to find a way to win on Monday night. I don't think they're going to let what happened against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers happen again. Um, like what I saw from Mitch Trubisky, I saw some nice things. Khalil Mack was super fun to watch. That was kind of like the ball was a magnet when Deshaun Kaiser was in against him. I think the Bears take it on Monday night, but again, it should be super fun to watch our Chicago Bears take on the Super Your Chicago Bears, definitely not mine. Yeah, whatever. But, yeah, that's a pretty good wrap-up. I think that the Bears, I'd love them to beat Seattle. I have a hatred just as much for Seattle as I do for the Bears after that overtime loss in the playoffs and just all the abundances of losses we've had to them. But the Bears, if they could steal wins from teams in the NFC, power to them because the Packers will need that down the road. Um, And then, like you said, Pats, Jags should be interesting. Brady still being Brady, I would love to to see the Jags make a statement early week two beating the Patriots, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. Blake Bortles regresses, I believe. Yeah, I can see that. We've got a couple minutes left, so let's take a quick look at the Major League Baseball playoff picture. Had the Boston Red Sox winning over 100 games. I think it was for the first time in like 70 years, um, having a spectacular season. The AL Central is the dogfight no longer. It's been... Uh, Cleveland Indians crushing that division for about the past four months. And I'm afraid to say I might have to stick a fork in my Oakland mm-hmm. Athletics. Now three and a half games back, Sean mm-hmm. Manea looks like he's going to get surgery and be out for all of next year, which is just a major blow to a guy who you know threw a no-hitter this year, looked like he was you know a next up-and-coming rising star. But Oakland still has a great chance to make the playoffs. I think they're going to do that. Um, but I think Houston takes the division the NL side of things, um, we've got two divisions right now that are absolutely nuts. Atlanta crushing the NL East right now. That's an eight-game spread against the Phillies. Um, but we got the NL Central with the Cubbies and the Brewers squaring off. Cubbies won a huge game on Thursday night in 10 innings against the Washington Nationals. Um, their game and a half up as of Thursday night. And we've also got the Rockies, two games up on the Dodgers, who are two and a half games up on the Diamondbacks. 
Diamondbacks are four and a half back for the division and their division lead, which seemed like it lasted all the season except for the last few weeks. I think it's gone. It's not coming back. Give me the MVP to Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado, co-MVPs for the Rockies. Um, how do you see these divisions playing out, Roz? I'm sweating it out with the Cubs. Me and Thomas have been on the phone daily. The Brewers seem to just have the Cubs number. I don't understand. The Cubs just lose those games, and it's just annoying because the lead that we were building is just slipping. We won four of our last – we're four of six out of our last ten, which is brutal. Obviously not as bad as the San Francisco Giants. Here are 11 straight losers. Um, but the Cardinals are still hanging there. Four and a half games back. The Dodgers, the wild card almost isn't even a guarantee for the Cubs anymore. It's going to be a wild end to the regular season here. Um, the NL has been great. I don't, I cannot imagine how the NL East separated so fast. I remember week, like just a week ago, that was going to be a race as well. But it looks like the Braves are just cruising along as the Phillies keep biting themselves in the foot. And same with the Nationals. Yeah, the Phillies are, I'm afraid, they're done for. And I think this could be an interesting race between the Dodgers and the Cardinals for that second wild card right now. you got Milwaukee is two games up on St. Louis in the Central. Um, the Dodgers got a big win on Thursday night behind the likes of Clayton Kershaw. And they start off a huge series with St. Louis. So this is going to be a dogfight down the stretch. And watch out for those Colorado Rockies because they kind of came out of nowhere about a month ago after being very mediocre for most of the year. This is going to be exciting. Hopefully our Cubbies can pull through and not get stuck with that wild card game. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us. LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com. If you have some time this weekend, please kick back, watch some football, have a couple of Charles Bukowskis, a couple Teddy Bruskis with your bros. Um... And we'll be back next week, everybody. Have a great one. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.